What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashika Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's Word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiva? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. Ladies, welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. Ooh, I feel a little reverb, girl. Um, welcome back, ladies. It is good to be here with you today. I'm looking across the screen at my sister, Leah Ross. And what's we, up, what's up? Yes, and it is so good to be here and be here by the yeah. grace of God alone, okay? By God's grace, because, you know, grace. this time of year, you're like, Okay, Lord, just hold it, hold me together. Hold me together. Hold me all the way together. Hem me in and hold me mm-hmm. together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in First John chapter five, and we are at the last chapter. And this has been First such John, yeah. a good mm-hmm. and rich study. Um, as Leah and I talk about all the time, when you're in a book, it can feel like it's mm-hmm. your favorite book. And I mm-hmm. think this one has just been such a blessing to us both because it has so many um, implications for the church, mm-hmm. um, not just capital T, capital C, but the local church. And we both are local church girls and have a heart for the local church. And even in the midst of what is happening in the body of Christ, um, yeah, there's so much just yeah. here to glean from that sort of roots us and should continue to stabilize us mm-hmm. as we, um, as individuals that we walk with, as well as when we even have difficult times with the things that mm-hmm. burden us or break our hearts that we see in our own local church. And so it reminds us of what is true and good. And so I'm going to read First John 5. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to dig into our conversation. So First John chapter 5, I'm reading from the CSB. And it says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden. Because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. Who is the one who conquers the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God, Jesus Christ. He is the one who came by water and blood, not by water only, but by water and by blood. And the spirit is the one who testifies because the spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are in agreement. If we accept human testimony, God's testimony is greater because it is God's testimony that he has given about his son. The one who believes in the son of God has this testimony within himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. The one who has the son has life. The one who does not have the son of God 
does not have life. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. If anyone sees a fellow believer committing a sin that doesn't lead to death, he should ask and God will give life to him, to those who commit sin that doesn't lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I am not saying he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin and there is sin that doesn't lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not sin but the one who is born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one. That is in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, Guard yourselves from idols. Amen. Mm, amen. God's word. So good. I know. I we know. We are, like you said, we're coming to the end of First John. And this book has been a journey. You've said, um, when we were discussing this, you were talking about how this chapter is like sort of a summation of all the things. So mm-hmm. as we dig in, we're going to just look at what we see here and then talk um, more in depth about just like how John wraps the letter all up uh, with the mm-hmm. words that he shares here. So um, just jumping in with our look, the the key people are the same. We've got John and we have his audience. He's writing to the believers in Asia Minor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what is actually going on is that he's writing this instruction, encouragement and warnings to the church. Um, and this is this chapter is him wrapping it all up, giving the list, the readers, the listeners, really, because yeah. this was read out loud, the essentials to carry away and to carry on in the life of the local church mm-hmm. in Asia Minor around eighty eighty. Yep. And so, yeah, talk about what themes do we see in this chapter that are jumping out and are unique to chapter five? Yeah, Leah, I love that um, you led us right into the fact that it is a culmination of the Mm -hmm. previous four chapters. And not only is it a culmination, but it's really a summation. When you get to to chapter five, Mm -hmm. chapter five is really articulating how then should we live? If we believe Mm -hmm. things are true that John is talking about in chapters one through four, then Mm -hmm. how then should we live? How should we live in our connection between our obedience through love and response? Mm -hmm. How then should we live in light of the testimony of God through the life of Jesus and the spirit who indwells? We see this this theme of the Trinity Mm -hmm. through chapter five. How then should we live understanding how we should process and navigate our sin? Mm -hmm. And how then should we live? It with an urgency for certainty and a reminder of the certainty mm-hmm. of what is true and essential that mm-hmm. John is talking about. And so these themes are are interwoven all throughout chapter five, but mm-hmm. he really sort of 
is is starting with chapter one and working itself all the way through yeah. from beginning to end yep. um, in, in those first four chapters. And so we really took um, the key verse and I love the key verse right here because it just really sums it all up in 1 John 5, 11. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. That is what 1 John has been all about is like, if you don't believe in the fullness of, if you don't believe in the confession of his son and the fullness Mm -hmm. of life being in his son, what do we mean by full life? We're Mm -hmm. talking about his birth, his historical birth, life, historical birth, his Mm -hmm. life, his, his, his crucifixion, his mm-hmm. death, his burial, his mm-hmm. resurrection, resurrection and mm-hmm. his ascension. If mm-hmm. you don't believe in that, mm-hmm. then, then you do not have life and mm-hmm. you are living counter to the gospel. And yeah. it is a form of the spirit of error and the antichrist. And so this verse really sums it up. Talk to us about um, the key terms that we see. Yeah, so we see in 1 John 5, um, this concept of a testimony and testifying, John himself is um, giving a sure and worthy testimony. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see him talking about this sin that leads to death, which actually connects back to what we talked about in chapter three of lawlessness. And so yeah, we'll get to dig into that a little bit more of like, this is, when we talk about the sin that leads to death, we're talking about lawlessness Mm -hmm. or an unwillingness to submit to the authority of God. Mm -hmm. And that looks like rejecting the spirit, the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So we can talk about that more deeply. Um, We see the key terms of eternal life and eternal life, which I love uh, just the the um, mm-hmm. phrase that we repeat of like, this is not just for the sweet by and by. Eternal life begins the moment we mm-hmm. accept and receive Jesus' Amen. gift Amen. of redemption for Ooh. us. And so we are, we are, it is death in reverse, which is kind of what we saw in, in uh, talked about in First John 3. Mm-hmm. It's death in reverse. It's we who love, right, have, have walked out of death into life, right? Mm-hmm. Because God has brought us um, out of death into life. So we are living our eternal life now. Yeah, It will be slightly interrupted by our physical death, yeah. but it will not be terminated and restarted in any way. Wait, it is a continuation and this somebody get her a Hammond life. B3 organ already she's awake good morning good life. morning and good we afternoon here. we everyone <laughs> on listening to this podcast and good evening okay <laughs> good morning good afternoon good evening to the global world to the global um world. we also see this burden i want you to talk a little bit about that more to because you pulled that one out um and then the water and the blood mm-hmm. the water the blood and then the water and the blood mm-hmm. which is a, a whole other thing, um, and then a, and then this um, concept of the world mm-hmm. uh, and what we see in the world versus in God. So yeah, yeah. but what are, what did um, you pulled out this key theme of burden? Tell me more about that. Yeah, particularly in verse, um, it is in verse three of chapter five. We're going to see what it means to have belief in in God mm-hmm. through the Son of God. And uh, what are the the markers of the believer, the one who has life in the Son of God, right? 
And so one of the key components is um, obeying and keeping God's commands, right? And it says that the commands of God are not a burden. They're not Mm -hmm. burdensome. And uh, it's, it's a key term because oftentimes as believers, we can lean into this space where we think it's hard to keep God's commands, mm-hmm. but really what John is 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 um, articulating is that if we are led by the love of God, mm-hmm. through the love that he gave through his son, it won't feel like this heavy burden. Mm-hmm. It's not a burden. It's actually a joy to begin mm-hmm. to depend on God and trust him for what we have already believed right mm-hmm. which is what mm-hmm. you are saying Leah that um you you it is the death in reverse that you actually have life and so if you have life in you mm-hmm. life is th- the life that Jesus Christ gives is not this burden but it is a joy and he's going to even go on to say that you're living a conquered life right. that is victorious right. and it's based upon your faith so we're going to mm-hmm. work through that as well yeah that's good. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, there is, I think, a connection between even that phrase of burden, the, the word that's used there, mm-hmm. and the word that's used when Jesus yeah. says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, yeah, and I'll give you rest. Like, yes. take my yoke from mm-hmm. my, you know, this burden is light, the yeah. one that he offers us. Yes. And then in other places in the gospel, Mm-hmm. He he rebukes the Pharisees that say, "You lay these burdens, burdens. Yep. on my children, mm-hmm. and you don't even lift a finger to help." Yeah, and that that uh, juxtaposition of a heavy burden mm-hmm. that is that is um, oppressive, mm-hmm. and that um, where an individual or the Pharisees at that time are stepping back mm-hmm. from compassion yeah. versus the light burden of following God's law, where He says. Come to me, right? Yeah. I'm entering into the compassion with you. So yes, 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 yeah. That's and good. I mean, even you articulating that verse, it like when he's saying, "Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Right? Mm-hmm. He he is he is he is not talking about um, in the midst of him talking about the the, the burden that the hum, human feels in their humanity. He's right. saying. In me, by mm-hmm. faith, those things are not a burden because I am right. fully God and fully man, you know? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it, it it almost, when I was reading that, I was also like, man, this is a real sort of mm-hmm. marker in the embodiment of my body, like mm-hmm. embodied faith of how do I know when I am not walking by faith mm-hmm. versus walking by that is so good yeah you understand what i'm saying like yeah talk I am to not, us about that i am not really walking by faith walking in the light which is what mm-hmm. john articulates in mm-hmm. in chapter one right it is the fact that i am feeling the weights and the burdens that is really leading to a cumbersomeness versus leaning into the dependence of Christ that is based upon my faith. Not to say that everything is going to be hunky-dory. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that what what he is saying is that when you come to him, there is an exchange and there is a deep dependence that is rooted in him that does not feel like 
heavy, oppressive mm. weight. You yeah. can be experience, experiencing hardship, tirelessness, all these things, and you can still be at rest and mm. light because you have come to the one mm-hmm. who has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Mm-hmm. And is at the right hand of God making intercession for us. Amen. So anyway. Full circle. Yeah. So these repeated words that we see, because I'm I'm trying to keep us on task. (laughs) We we already, we already between. I'm trying to have church, but we got to stay on task. Okay. Per usual, we always have a church, (laughs) which this, I mean, this chapter really did. Even Leah, the stuff that, that what you're saying has just been ministering to me, like in real time, you know, in sleeplessness and so much more. Um, as as I'm navigating a, a new season of life. So what are some of the repeated words that we see? Love, commands, praise, sin, believe. We know, you hear this word, know, and, mm-hmm. and it has this deep understanding rooted to it, right? And then of course we see eternal life. So as we go into the listen passage, what does it mean? This requires that understanding of what it meant to the original audience. We're looking at, the previous books that were written. We're looking at the chapter that is before 1 John chapter 5 and looking mm-hmm. at the totality of, of um, 1 John as well as the gospel of John that he has written. Um, and then we're looking at some of these cross-references and the meta-narrative themes, right? We see that very clearly. And then the doctrines that are represented in the text. And I have to say, some of the major themes that I saw through the meta-narrative, right? We see, um, like I said, the the fullness of the Trinity in this passage, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you've been born of God. Um, being born of God is is mm-hmm. being born through the Son, right? And then you have the mm-hmm. Spirit as well. So when people talk about the Trinity is not real, no, 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 it is very real, and we mm-hmm. see it articulated. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, very clearly in the scriptures as we're talking about in um, this in chapter five. Um, And so we see this narrative of um, the fall. We see the narrative, we see the meta-narrative of the fall. We see the meta-narrative of um, redemption and Mm -hmm. we see the meta-narrative of restoration as well, right? Um, In the, in the space of like eternal, in the constant, in, in the, in the scope of eternal life, when we see the word eternal life. So um, those are some of the meta-narrative themes that we see. Um, And then Leah, you were talking about chapter four being, uh, I mean, chapter five being a summation of all these four chapters. And so how does John sort of lay this foundation, you know, in these first four chapters? Yeah. And how does it set us up for chapter five in understanding what the hearers are mm-hmm. taking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, up until this point, he's just laying a a layered foundation. I think of like a trifle, because I love to mm-hmm. bake, you know, mm-hmm. but there's there's layers and then just the the icing on the top that ties it all together. And this mm-hmm. chapter is like that. It's a summation of all the layers that he's built of uh, these assurances, these Mm -hmm. correctives, these Mm -hmm. instructions. And then he's like, I really, I mean, he says, I write these things so that you might know. And that know is the same word throughout the Bible that's used in 
this sign of like an intimate knowing, almost Mm -hmm. like a physical intimacy knowing, um, Mm -hmm. so that it can be so inextricably in you um, that there's no way that you can unknow it. Um, Right, right. And so, yeah. And so he does, he wraps it all up in chapter five with sort of, like you said at the beginning, how then shall we live? If all these things in one through four are true, then how do we walk? How do we live in light of it? Mm-hmm. And it's putting it into practice, like what, what we have gleaned from him, what he has instructed. Mm-hmm. And now how do we walk that out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that belief is, um, I, I love how you're sort of setting that up because if it's putting into practice what we believe, right, we're right there at verse one with mm-hmm. in chapter five, it says, everyone who believes that Jesus Christ has been born of God, John has laid the foundation mm-hmm. that only those who confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God are the ones who truly believe and yeah. are living out that belief by putting it into practice, right? And mm-hmm. so belief should l- lead us to living rightly, which is what he's gonna articulate in verse two, he says, listen, what do you believe when you put into practice? Number one is loving God, like mm-hmm. truly loving God and then obeying his commands, right? And not just obeying for yeah. to love God, right? Love for God is not just obeying his commands, but it's keeping them. And of mm-hmm. course, we've already articulated that obeying and keeping God's commands are not burdensome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is this space of, you even articulated um, Matthew 23 and 4 and Acts 25 mm-hmm. and 7. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to, why don't you look at Matthew 23 and 4 and I can turn to Acts 25 and 7, but um, do you want to sort of make comment on this Greek word this Greek word that um, was translated as heavy. I know you articulated it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's, yeah, it's basically that, that it's, it's, um, it's a heavy load, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's all throughout. Yeah. As I said, that it is mentioned already in other places in scripture and it is translated as this heavy burden as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Acts, why don't you read Matthew and I can read Acts 25. Yeah, so um, he says, well, this is where Jesus speaks to the scribes and the Pharisees. Um, and he says, um, don't do what, therefore do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. So yeah, that's what I was referring to earlier of like, no, 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 no. They're 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 giving all of these um, legalistic instructions of what it takes to get into the kingdom of God. Do this, do that. Be this way, be that way. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't lift a finger of mercy or compassion. And that's just not the way of Jesus. Yeah, he invites us in, and he gives, like you said, gracious provision mm-hmm. for following and obeying his law. Mm-hmm. Um, and the greatest provision, obviously, is the Holy Spirit. Like we can't obey God Ooh, without the Holy Spirit. Now. Mm-hmm. So he has provided a way for our burden to be light. Amen. Amen. And in Acts 25, 7, it says, when he arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him and brought many serious charges that they were not able to prove. And mm-hmm. so um, even these burdens that these Jews were seeking to uh, bring, the, the, these these heavy burdens, even that you're saying, they're not 
they're not uh, provable. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you can't prove, they can't prove them. And it's because it's not rooted in the commands of God, which is rooted in the love of God. Which is love God and love your neighbor, you know? Come on now. And, and, and as we have talked about throughout this series, it's like that God's ethic is, is love. It's rooted out of a uh, liberating love, right? Mm-hmm. Like loving God mm-hmm. actually liberates us to be our truest selves. Mm-hmm. Loving our neighbors actually liberates us and our neighbors to flourish. Yeah. So yeah. everything in God's commands, like on that challenge, you and the listeners to look yeah. at even the toughest parts of God's law um, for us to understand, the toughest parts for us to understand and and see if you can find that thread of like, how is this actually helping to instruct us to yeah. love God uh, and to love our neighbor? How is this looking to my neighbor's flourishing? How is this looking yeah. to me being my fullest uh, self as God designed me before him? So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I also think that that love is liberating in the space that uh, the love liberates us to mm-hmm. to have boundaries in our lives, yeah. so that we can love our neighbors. Because the human heart, it's particularly coming out of Genesis three. What mm-hmm. does it seek? It seeks its own will. It seeks its own way. First John in the second chapter, mm-hmm. it talks about what are those three idols. And of course, John is mm-hmm. going to close out saying, little children, keep yourself, guard yourself from idols, right? But what are these mm-hmm. three key idols that grip us all in our flesh? It is mm-hmm. the lust of the eyes, the mm-hmm. lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, we've been liberated from these things through the son of God, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so there, there is this imperative statement that John continues to articulate as he works through what belief is. He says, here is what you know, listeners, is that you have been born of God. And I love this as a as a shepherd, he just is giving a factual statement. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I know you guys, I've been I've been to your space and I'm writing this letter for you to read aloud that you have been born of God. If you are, if you've made confession in the son of God, if you believed and you are uh, obeying God's command, loving God, obeying his commands and keeping his commands, you have been born of God. That is an assurance of mm-hmm. salvation statement. Mm -hmm. You've been born of God. And so because you've been born of God and everyone who has been born of him is a conqueror of this world. Yeah. Not because of yourself, not because of uh, anything that you've not done, not because of what Leah, you were talking about because of those who were the scribes and the Pharisees because of them trying to hope as to the law. No, no, no. What secures you is your faith. And not just your faith. I love how John articulates this as a true shepherd would. He's including himself. He's not separating. He's saying it's our faith. We have ownership of this, that we have been born of God. Mm -hmm. And as he continues to move forward in the text uh, around the testimony that God testifies, right? He's going to build out what we know today as the doctrine, and this word doctrine is just a fancy word for the study of salvation. Break it down. Break okay? it down. <laughs> doctrine, you say nothing fancy. Doctrine means study. Okay. Yeah. Then this is the study of, mm-hmm. of us being saved, what we have been saved from, who saved us, why we've been saved, 
mm-hmm. and what be we saved from, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, John lays this out in these next uh, verses around our salvation. Verse five is, is articulating what we know as regeneration. Because we place our faith in Christ, we have experienced in our heart, our mind and our will being made anew, right? Ezekiel 36, 26 says, like, listen, I'll take your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh, right? And so we see all of our being being made anew through the regeneration of what he says. He says, the one who's conquered the world and the one who believes in Jesus is the son of God. Jesus, he is the one. He is the one who came by water and by blood and not by water only, but by water and blood. And then he's going to testify to the spirit. So we see all of these things coming together under the study of salvation, even in verse six, right? We're Mm -hmm. born of God through his son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And then he continues to just move forward through the study of what Christ is. What is the process by which our salvation is made true? Leah, talk to us a little bit about this in in those verses six through eight and moving forward into the text. Yeah, so in six through eight, he talks about um, that this uh, phrase of water and blood and then the water and the blood, right? And so we, um, as we were looking at that, we're like, okay, Jesus is the one who came by water and by blood. Okay, what does that mean? There's a lot of different ways that people have interpreted that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the best of our, to like our wrapping our minds around it is essentially that like Jesus came in the flesh, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, through flesh, through the blood and water of birth, mm-hmm. and and not by water only, right? And and there's this idea or this this uh, concept awareness of mm-hmm. his baptism into his ministry, mm-hmm. but by water and by blood is almost this, I forget the word for it, but it's basically like where you group two things together to be a concept. So mm-hmm. water and blood being the flesh, not mm-hmm. by water only, not by only, even only the baptism into the ministry, but by water, by his life mm-hmm. coming through the Virgin Mary and yeah. by blood, by his sacrifice on the cross, by shedding his blood. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the whole, like we said, the whole historic life of Jesus yep. and not only the historic life in like the factual sense, but the messianic purpose yeah. of his arrival, right? Yeah. Like it had to be this way that mm-hmm. he had to be born of a virgin. He had to be flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. He had to be um, yeah. approved in for public ministry by baptism by the Holy Spirit. He mm-hmm. had to mm-hmm. um, be born into uh, into our space. He had to mm-hmm. be poured out as a sacrifice for us, he had to be pierced in his side because these were the messianic promises Mm -hmm. that pointed to, it's not somebody else, it's Jesus. And Mm -hmm. this is him. This Mm -hmm. is the one. This Mm -hmm. is is the one we're waiting for. It's not somebody else. Right. And so when we look at the spirit testifies, the spirit, the water and the blood, the approval, God saying, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. The water, the life that he was Mm -hmm. born into and the blood, his sacrifice, all three of these are in agreement Mm -hmm. in God's testimony that he has mm-hmm. given about his son. So there is nothing that the spirit is going to say that is not going to reflect on the historic life of Jesus. And mm-hmm. there's nothing in the historic life of Jesus that the spirit will not resonate in you 
um, to testify to the sureness of of this Jesus as our one and only means to salvation. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Yeah. And as we're as we're talking about this, Leah, and we're saying like, hey, uh, you know, go back and look at previous texts like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I I it immediately as you were talking, it took me right back to John chapter three. Right. Where Jesus and John the Baptist are there and the and the baptism is taking place with the disciples. Right. And John is test. Not only is John saying that this is the testimony but mm-hmm. John, John was there and John, you know what I'm saying? Like J- John was, John was there. He was there. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. John was there. And to know that like this baptism that was taking place was so, um, was so profound because what happens in the midst of his testimony, he's saying the same language Mm-hmm. The same language, Leah, that um, is in First John, right? In in John 3, 29 and 30, right at the end, he says, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. Mm-hmm. He must increase, increase, but I must decrease. My goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this, this is just, confirmation of what John is writing to these hearers yeah. and 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 is um is a testimony of why he is saying the water the blood mm-hmm. and the spirit all of these mm-hmm. testify you right. know um and so yeah study of salvation moving forward he goes back in as we have talked about before John goes in and out right like he is not mm-hmm. a sort of systematized writer He's weaving in and out. <laughs> he's all over the place. He's a story, he's all, a storyteller all over the place. He's a storyteller all over the place. And so he goes back in to because uh these things testify about mm-hmm. who Jesus is, what does that provide us? Um, it provides one, not just belief, but the belief that the testimony that has been given to us through Jesus Christ gives us eternal. Mm-hmm. life it gives mm-hmm. us eternal life it gives us security and it reverses what sin in Genesis 3 and the mm-hmm. curse of mm-hmm. sin and the presence of sin uh does in each individual's life it reverses the curse and it provides the gift of eternal life yeah. and so we see uh just even more of uh, the doctrine of salvation, the study of salvation being articulated in those verses in 9 through 13. So mm-hmm. culminating all of that, Leah, how can we apply this to our lives? Um, We've gotten to the how then shall we live of the how then shall we live chapter. 
We at the finish line. Okay, listen, ladies, this is, well, first of all, I love that now as we look at how to apply this in our Mm -hmm. spiritual lives, we get to dig into this, um, the part that I find of this chapter that's a little bit um, challenging to understand, I would say, is Mm -hmm. as he talks about... um, as he talks about sin, right? If anyone sees a fellow believer committing a sin that doesn't lead to death, mm-hmm. he should ask and God would give life to him. Mm-hmm. To those who do not commit a sin that doesn't lead to, who, to those who commit a sin that doesn't lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I'm not saying he should pray about that. Yeah, All unrighteousness is sin and there is sin that doesn't lead to death. And so yeah. that's challenging, right? Because you're like, okay, there's sin that leads to death. Have I done that sin? Like, am I about to die? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like as a young believer, you're like, I don't understand all of this. Like, yeah. am I in or am I out? And, yeah, and we yeah. take it in the whole counsel of God and the whole counsel of this book that mm-hmm. John has given us assurances. And he's ta- and he has talked about, like we said, in, in um, chapter three about lawlessness. And so for us to really be assured, we um, have to hold on to knowing the difference between unrighteousness and disobedience mm-hmm. to God and breaking God's commands mm-hmm. and lawlessness. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to explain it is like for us, like when you, um, I use this example to Sheba of like my cousin, um, his, we, there's this, okay. <laughs> my cousin, he has, a, he has a kid that's kind of like a little bit off the rails a little bit. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and at the family reunions, like everybody's sort of looking like, are you going to check him or am I going to check him? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it, but there's this responsiveness that he will only give to his parent, right? Mm-hmm. Even when he's off the rails. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, like it, when we are in Christ and we know that we are breaking God's commands, there's a level of responsiveness that we know we we know we have first of all we have an authority and a law Mm -hmm. that we have broken even just Mm -hmm. that awareness speaks to Mm -hmm. that we are not lawless yeah but that also like there is a a response to god as our heavenly father that we feel a pull towards and anyone who rejects that is saying like no, the Holy Spirit does not have reign over my life. No, I do not have mm-hmm. to respond to sin. No, that's not even, I'm not even calling it sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we are able to look at this difference between unrighteousness mm-hmm. and disobedience to God and mm-hmm. then lawlessness, which mm-hmm. leads to death because we're not submitted to God. We haven't come into God's family if we're mm-hmm. not submitting to his law over our lives and over mm-hmm. all creation. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way. I hope that that's encouraging. Um, yeah. And, and to also here, know, like, yeah. you know, particularly with this text, even as I was um, reading through some commentary around it, you know, just like what you're saying, this can be a little bit uh, confusing. And there's sort of this rule of like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it don't don't allow the implicit things to determine the explicit things like the explicit right. The, right. the plain things are the main things. Yeah, the main things are the plain things. The, the plain main things thing, are the main things. That's it. That's it. That's it. And so right. what what you are communicating is very clear is that like, listen, if you are, when the spirit is drawing mm-hmm. you towards correction and conviction yeah. and you ignore his voice or you harden your heart, like what the scripture mm-hmm. is saying, do to, like they did mm-hmm. in the rebellion, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, those are signs that you are not 
you are not walking with the Lord and you Mm -hmm. actually are moving further away from him, you know, and to know that like, you know, this difference between that unrighteousness and lawlessness is essential. And you, when you hear the father's voice, you're drawing towards him and Mm -hmm. not away from him. And so I think that that's huge what you've Mm -hmm. articulated and Mm -hmm. to be able to understand the difference between the two and the fact that you are even convicted Mm-hmm. by what you are doing is an assurance of belief in right. the Son of God. Right. You right. know, the ones who do not believe don't have a conviction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there mm-hmm. there's no conviction there. Yeah, there and even a just lawlessness. Like, That's why the word is called lawlessness. Yeah, and, and the reality that we're not going to respond perfectly all the time, right? Yeah. But there is, I mean, even I think about with my own kids, right? There's an acknowledgement of like, okay, I hear you. My mom is talking to me, right? Like yeah, I yeah. owe her something. Yeah. Now I'm going to choose to delay or I'm going to choose to ignore. Yeah. And we have that choice, but I'm acknowledging that like there is an authority that's speaking to me, you mm-hmm. know, and, and acknowledging the authority of God is saying like, okay, he is, this is who I am. I'm his child. And I have mm-hmm. to choose to respond to this. And he, mm-hmm. and he, by his spirit is drawing me to respond. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which so, speaks to yeah, what he okay. is saying at the last part of this, right? Like in verse 19, we know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. And so we walk around in in two like things. We're seated to two embodiments, right? We're mm-hmm. seated in heavenly places and we also are walking in a human body. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, to know that there is still a sway, there is still a sway. But because we have an understanding mm-hmm. we and we know the true one, he's the one who gives us understanding in real time to understand when he is calling and initiating us towards repentance, mm-hmm. towards uh, recognition of sin, towards yeah. godliness and righteousness. Right. And so and he's the one who's going to keep us. When right. um, he's drawing us into those moments, you know, mm-hmm. and a security that is also there, you know, that is the joy of what verse 13 says. Um, I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God mm-hmm. so that you may know that you have eternal light. John is writing this to mm-hmm. us to un- help us understand, like, there will be these moments, but to know that you who believe have the Son of God and that mm-hmm. hope is eternal life, that you have victory over the penalty of sin, the Mm -hmm. power of sin, and the presence of sin in your life. It does not have to reign in your mortal body like that. That's right. And so, yeah. Talk to us about some of these personal implications, which I think we've sort of already talked about some of this. Like, if you know that that you, uh, you, you no longer are under the reign of the penalty, the presence, and the power of sin, I'll just say this, that that mm-hmm. assurance... Um, that experience and that obedience, it does lead to a, a more expansive way to know um, him. And that means that our identity and our security is in the true one of Jesus Christ. That's so right. when our identity and our security is in him, then these things that are in the world, we are able to understand them and see them mm-hmm. sort of for what they are, you know, and and call mm-hmm. upon the name of the Lord when we're tempted to go back towards what our flesh yeah. could go to, you know, yeah. because of what we know. Right. 
Yeah. And if I were to jump into one of these, like, as we talk about social cultural implications, I think like the main thing is that like, we really were convicted as we studied about praying for our brothers and sisters who are struggling, who are stumbling, and that prayer would be the first response Mm -hmm. and the only line of defense. Not tribalism. You said not not tribalism. tribalism. Uh Not some. Not putting people on blast. Is that what you're saying? Not putting people on blast. Not sort of deciding your mind that like, oh, I'm going to write them off and put them over here and decide that these are my people instead. Mm -hmm. But that really and truly like... You're not canceling nobody. We're not canceling anybody. We are going to say like, what does he say? He says, you should pray for them, right? Like, you should ask God and God will give life to him. Like, God will give life to that brother or sister who you're praying for. Is that a promise? is that it's a, a promise. promise. Is, God that, is will. that a promise? It says it right there. And the the temptation to um be divided or to be sort of combative against each other in the body of Christ is not it's not of God. That's the stuff of the world. And so if we're committing to drawing each other back into life, if you see your brother or sister on the cliff, yeah. like pray for them. Mm-hmm. Pray first. And and even in prayer God might be working on you to prepare you. God will yes. actually be working. I know yes. this. I will yes. just testify personally. I, I, you and me both, many Bobo. Times you and me both, Bobo. <laughs> when I'm like ready to correct, God will actually hone whatever my correction is mm-hmm. by by walking me through um, my own process of humility, mm-hmm. by... Um, just by helping me to discern what do I really want to say that's of me and what does God actually want to say and how can I be a better mm-hmm. instrument to him yeah. by submitting that, those things yeah. to prayer. God, guide mm-hmm. me by your spirit of what I should say, of what will be profitable for me to call this person back mm-hmm. from the cliff, you know? But just and, to pray, mm-hmm. because the spirit will also be working in that individual. So to pray, mm-hmm. praying that the spirit is working in them and the spirit is yes. working in you, yes. so there can actually be fruit. Yes. And girl, I love how John is writing this right at the last part, right? That Mm -hmm. conclusion of one being able to pray. And then what's his last instruction, which is like, little children, guard yourself from idols. Guard yourself from idols. Mm. Right. Because those things can only be done. You know what I'm saying? Like us operating in unity and not following the ways of the world. Mm. It can only be done. In the keeping. Yeah. Mm, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. So ladies, if we walk away with nothing else, (laughs) remember that your prayer, your assurance Mm -hmm. is in Christ, your faith in Christ alone, Mm -hmm. and that your prayers Mm -hmm. are so effective when they are Mm -hmm. spent on behalf of the unity and the purity of the church, that John is exhorting the church, right? Like Mm -hmm. not just individuals, but a body of collective, a family Mm -hmm. of collective believers. Mm -hmm. And he is exhorting them to remember um, what is true Mm -hmm. and to look out for each other in prayer Mm -hmm. and to keep themselves from idols. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that in the life of our local churches, then, then you know what? We won't look like the world. Come on. Somebody. Come on the way in. Have a seat. Welcome home. The the table is here. There's a seat at the table. Ooh-wee. 
Mm-hmm. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for your word. And thank you that your word does not return void, not one single iota from Genesis mm-hmm. to Revelation. We thank you for the book of First John. We thank you for the writer John who wrote uh, to a people who have challenges just like us. Help us to keep ourselves and guard ourselves from idols. Help us to uh, operate in what it means to be a believer and to be a a child of God, one who loves God, one who obeys obeys your commands and one who keeps your commands. And Father, when we fall short and we fall into sin, help us to know that our eternal life has been secured. God, that... um, that sin operates and it, the, 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 the impact of what has been done in our lives and how sin operates, God, that it operates in reverse because of the water, the blood. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you for that. I thank you for the spirit that indwells us, mm-hmm. that keeps us, that corrects us, that commends us towards what is essential and towards what is true. Help us. Mm-hmm. To, to live into that. Help us to lean in and help us to, uh, when your spirit is drawing us back to the essentials, God, that we would be known by our unity and by our love uh, for you and for one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.